Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. And we're back with another edition. And we have a special guest tonight. Joe, why don't you, why don't you introduce him? So Seth Keschel is joining us. And Seth, by the way, just so everyone knows, is a and he is a patriot. He is a hero. He has been going around the country and talking about he's also a math guy. Right. So he's a he's a uh, intelligence officer in the military, got out, served his country, and he's been serving the country ever since, uh, uncovering and telling people the truth about the election fraud. He takes a different angle to it and then he shows you the mathematical improbability of what's happening in your local area and the things that he's been able to do and the, the light he's been able to shed on on the uh, election from the standpoint of just showing the, the massive number of bloating that happened in this election and the fact that they cheated so directly and so obviously. So without further ado, let's bring let's bring Seth Keschel in. Seth, are you with us? Yep. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Hey, welcome. Hey, Seth, that mic is as big as your head. Just want to point that out. Yeah, well, it's necessary because my uh, playroom turned into an office up here is uh, is a bit cavernous, if so to speak. So it, it's something that is absolutely needed. We tried to do these podcasts when things first picked up without it. And it was just like uh, it was like Luke Eric's walk, go away speech. <laughs> no, it's a great mic. It's one of the better mics that you can get. It is, so a, it is start... definitely a good one. And you guys have successfully cropped out the uh, the crane that holds it up. So that's good. Let's uh, and I, I had to back, I, I had to uh, go remote today. Otherwise, I'd be in the in the office, but I didn't, or that I didn't a studio, and I didn't want to miss you. Um, but I do want to first start out by saying I'm very grateful for the work that you're doing across the country. Um, I know that it's definitely making a difference in shedding light and waking people up. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I can't I can't thank you enough. And I know you got a, a sidekick uh, that's been going around with you named Constitutional Cowboy. Yeah, that would be uh, the legendary James Charles Phillips of Matheson, Mississippi. Doesn't even have cell signal at his farm. Uh, kind of like the kind of like the natural coming out of the cornfields of nebraska you know so um, he's definitely an asset on the road and he's very skilled with people and talking about the constitution talking about the cause of liberty but also weaving faith into those disciplines and uh so i've been fortunate to have him coming around with me and i hope to see more of him out there on the road and it was obviously good for us all to be together in colorado springs the other day it was great to see you absolutely great great to see you and we had the opportunity to speak in front uh, to a bunch of people and he got to speak as well but uh, I want to jump right into it, Seth. I want to jump into, you know, uh, your work, what you've been doing across the country and um, get your take on what happened in Maricopa County. I know that um, you've been a little bit more uh, less. Uh, uh, how would you say it? Uh, not not as brash as I've been, which is probably better. 
Um, but tell us what happened in Maricopa County. Tell us what you saw. There's a small sliver of the population that we're showing this information to. Keep in mind, 30% of the population is never going to believe in election fraud, even if the current administration were to confess to it at a podium. Then you already have, and this is critical, critical to look at enemy intelligence. CNN's estimate is that 52% of Americans don't have confidence in the system of elections. What they're doing is they're masking the truth a bit with the way that is phrased. I'm telling you, they're not gauging how do you feel about the 2014 midterms or Alabama Senate special election. They're talking about the election that everyone cares about, and that's 2020. And if their number is 52%, you can rest assured that that's closer to 60 because most of your more conservative-leaning pollsters have that number anywhere from 56 57%. So Rasmussen's been around 56%, believe the election was rigged. America Project had 57% the other day. And now with Arizona coming out, there's no way that that number didn't climb because you're only showing that to 15, maybe 15% of the population. And I guarantee you, because it's, it's evidence it is absolute stone cold evidence of election fraud. And it was not biased in one way or another. It didn't even mention who was the beneficiary of these fraudulent votes. I think we know, but the point is the audit does not mandate that so-and-so of any race so Senate, Maricopa board, state legislature, presidency, it does not it does not say that you need to reallocate who won. The demand is to decertify. And I had a call with the governor of Florida's staff yesterday, DeSantis's staff, and I spoke with a guy who said he was overloaded with information about the election. He doesn't even know where to begin. They have 67 counties. And of course I have my color-coded county maps and I told the guy, and this is without regard to Trump having a very strong Republican performance in Florida, over 370,000 vote victory as certified, even with all the fraud. And I told him, look, your election in Florida needs to be decertified. So the entire elections apparatus must be decertified. It was absolutely an invalid election. It is tainted with fraud from coast to coast. Oh, we may have lost your audio. Oh, sorry, somebody muted me. I said every state. There was there was fraud in every state. We're not talking about just swing six swing states. What do you feel? How do you how broad do you feel this is? Now, obviously, I feel every state, but how broad do you think that this brush could be painted for the election fraud across the country? So my discipline is registrations, population growth, trends. And when I have registrations by party, that is a deadly accurate indicator of the trajectory of an upcoming election. There is no better indicator of how a state is going to trend or county is going to trend than party registration. So in Pennsylvania, 60 of 67 counties became more Republican in registration. And statewide, that was a 21 to 1 ratio. Democratic Party in Pennsylvania is almost extinct. And that trend has shown a tighter Republican margin of defeat in 2012. Then it showed a flip to Trump in 2016, and then that pace continued and accelerated to 21 to 1 ratio into 2020. When I have that indicator, it is very obvious to me. Now, there's one state that I trended completely clean, meaning the trends match the registration and the population growth, and that was Iowa. Now, it doesn't mean that there is no fraud in Iowa. It just means that what I'm looking for. So if I'm a doctor with a with a stethoscope and I'm going over somebody's heart and I'm checking out, um, looking in somebody's ears or with whatever devices they use, then they may not be able to detect everything, but they're checking for certain things. Now, Dr. Frank and Bobby Python and other folks will tell you that every state was messed with. Draza, Draza Smith will tell you every state was messed with. This does not 
do away with my findings. My findings are very useful for people on the ground, boots on the ground for where to go canvas, where you're likely to find the most fraud. So um, yeah, every state, according to some of these folks, is, is manipulated, but other states have a varying degrees of political capital to get it done. Like Montana, I estimate 46,000 extra Biden votes in Montana, but given that there's only 600,000 certified votes to begin with, that's almost 8% of the total votes. So you have a mandate in certain counties for people to absolutely get down to business. Well, and you pointed out Colorado, which was, it was a stark contrast between, contrast between 2008, going back to 2008, all the way up to 2020. And it, it was shocking when you actually disclosed, we'll use one county in particular, El Paso County, because I was there and I watched the slide, where the population growth um, did not make sense compared to what we saw the uh, vote, uh, uh, the votes for uh, El Paso County. And Mr. Producer, if you have that slide, or if you could find that slide, I think it was nearly 70,000 in a Republican stronghold county in Colorado, that 70,000 uh, vote increase for Biden in the 2020 election. Just stuff that you know that is not mathematically possible. Well, the other side needs to balance that out. So typically when a Democrat is booming in a formerly Republican county or a fading Republican county, you see the Republicans stuck or declining. So this is people changing coalitions, the entire dynamics of how a county votes is changing. Right. So Trump's Trump's piling on record Republican gains in El Paso County, Colorado Springs, and then getting met from behind over seven out of 10 new two-party votes or Biden votes. And of course, the rolls are full of phantom voters. Jenna Griswold is the one who tipped off Colorado to me because the registrations are so bloated, the rolls are so bloated, they indicated a Democrat lean going into 2020 already from a five-point Democrat win. Well, Trump has more votes than Clinton had in 2016. And one of the key findings in the Maricopa canvas done by Liz Harris is lost and discarded votes. As many as 174,000, actually that's the low end estimate, 174,000 lost and discarded votes. Meaning I went and found Max at his door and I said, hey Max, did you vote? And he says, yeah, I voted, but yeah. then the final voter file doesn't list him as having voted. So there appears to have been a swap of votes and a change in the who voted file. So in Colorado, it's anyone's guess, because you have these bloated registration numbers. You have Trump with a total of votes higher than Clinton in 2016 when she won the state. But Biden has a total that's almost 200,000 votes higher than Obama's record vote game when he was the, the uh, cream of the crop for Democrat enthusiasm. And it's not just Colorado. There's a number of blue states. There's a number of blue states out there that reek of fraud to where I believe, based on certain dynamics, that Trump may have been neck and neck or won them. And that would be New Jersey. Oregon, Washington, Rhode Island. So, uh, not kidding, Seth. We're going to put we're going to put up a slide really quick, and I want you to explain this slide. This is the slide in El Paso County, without the final uh, slide for uh, Democrats in 2020. Go ahead and put that up, Mr. Producer. And then, Seth, why don't you explain to us what we're looking at? So, what we're looking at here is a trend progression from 2004. I start in 2004 because that's the beginning of what I call the high turnout era. And not necessarily does America vote a lot. You know, our turnout is kind of what it is. Some states have high rates, some states have low, but this is 2000 was a historically low turnout election. 2004 was what got us to the current levels. 2020, of course, indicated at least one candidate was going to have high turnout and that would be Donald Trump, of course. And they had to do something to spruce up Biden's because of the COVID mail-in fest, right? So what you see in 2004 is you see Bush here, Bush with a, a very strong victory 
in the county, so this will victory of about 84,000 votes. And then you have a move to the left. Now, the party registration number is there to the left of 2008. I can't read it as it's rendered. It's in red font to the left of 2008. Uh, I, can't, I can't read it either. That's fine. That's fine. So that's a coefficient of party registration. But you can see in 2008, Obama trended the county more Democrat. So he gained, Obama gained 31,000 votes. And it was enough votes. It was a high enough total, thanks to the enthusiasm for, for Obama. And that was the year Colorado flipped. 2008 caused McCain's column to go down. Obama's gain was so large. And then what happens is the county becomes more Republican going into 2012. You can see it. You can see it in the registration data. You can see on the right, you can see what came on or off the rolls. It appears there was a very large voter roll purge in 2012 in Colorado. But Romney goes up about 11,000 votes. And Obama only goes up 3,000. So what you have is a move back to the right. So the Republican margin expanded in El Paso County. And then you have Trump come onto the scenes. So the Republican Party has a, a two-to-one registration edge over there on the right going into 2016. And Trump gets about the same kind of gain Romney did. Trump gets about 8,000 votes. So the eight to 11,000 vote gains here for Trump and Romney. Democrats are still stuck in the same, within the same 3,000 vote window. So um, Clinton at 108,000. So now going into 2020, you can see there's 16,000 new Republicans added, which is four times as many as added in 2016. But now we have 21,000 Democrats, which is a staggering number to me. And then 110,000 registered voters. So when I talk about phantom registrations like you see in Florida, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That number is ridiculous. Now, of course, Colorado has new new laws that mandate i believe joe you could probably elaborate on that colorado has new voter registration procedures and why you see these liberal states turning into motor voters because they're trying to bloat their voter rolls and in a mail-in ballot situation everybody's getting a ballot then you have the ingredients for massive fraud so look at trump trump with a twenty-four thousand vote gain going into 2020 so i have half of the answer to the quiz here trump's gain is is two and a half times of what romney's was going into 2012 and it's it's more than it's almost three times what Trump gained in 2012 to 2016. So obviously Trump is very popular in a very strong Republican county. So looking at the Democrat column over there, you know, they're stuck in the 108 to 111 range. And if I give them some benefit of the doubt, you know, load off some of that third party vote from 2016 into there, I can't see their total. Well, even if we gave them Obama's record gain of 31,000, they're going to be in the high 130s. So we go to the next slide. You're going to see what he actually got. You might want to pull that one up. There you go. So the best, most generous estimate I can give them is to give them the Obama vote gain, which is 31,000, but it came at the expense of John McCain's vote column. So Trump just gained 24,000 votes, which is the most votes ever gained in one election in El Paso County in the high turnout era. And now we have this gain for Biden of 54,000 votes, which absolutely is, is unheard of. Rate of change is absolutely ridiculous with this. There's no way that that total is legitimate. Well, so, so go ahead and take that I would that estimate down. at least 30,000 fraudulent votes. So let's say that it's 30,000. Let's say that it's, it's 20,000. Say it's 30, It doesn't matter at this point. But you know, based on the math, I want to just tell you something. Biden never left his basement, never campaigned in Colorado, never stepped foot in here. And so as a, as a result of this election, though, in El Paso County, in a place that is a Republican stronghold, you had 110,000 new voter registration or, or added to the voter rolls in El Paso County, a vast majority of those being on the independent side, which we know we've seen fraud occur in that particular margin there. Um, 
the probability, what would you put the probability of? And, and again, we have some math coming out from Draza Smith and Ed Solomon and, and uh, um, Bobby Python and Dr. A bunch of really smart math guys that are putting things together. Um, but probability of him gaining 50,000 votes in one county that is Republican stronghold. With Trump's vote gain, absolutely zero. And here's the other thing. Up until Friday, really for about two months, so I knew what was in the audit for Maricopa County. I was, un I was under an NDA. I could not reveal what I knew. So that could spoil the, the entire effort. Now, the canvassing results for, from Liz Harris were not covered under the NDA. That's why it was okay to go ahead and push those out. But with the Maricopa audit, I knew that the counts were going to match up. I knew that the candidate counts were going to match up. I mean, for goodness sakes, they had over five months from the election to make sure that those counts yeah. matched up. You would, you would at least expect the county to make sure that the ballot count was accurate, right? So that way, when yeah. the propaganda machine spins up and it's like, hey, Biden won, it's like, that's not what we're counting. This is not a recount. This is an audit. So what uh, I had had to say for several months since I'd had data on Maricopa County, I had to say if – if the results from Maricopa County show fraud, if they show fraud, I knew they showed fraud, but if they show fraud, I had to say that. And I almost sounded like a parent on Christmas. If Santa Claus comes to see you tonight, knowing there's going to be presents under the tree, you all know it. So um, look, with, with what I knew from Arizona, we're going to come out with the fraud. And now, and now that that's been documented and verified, there's no way that the total there for Biden is legitimate. There's rampant widespread fraud everywhere, and it's primarily from the abuse of the mail-in voting system. And, of course, Colorado's voting method is mail-in, so, of course, there you have your answer. Well, and I, we're, we're doing a massive canvas in Colorado as we speak right now. And um, the, what they're afraid of is that we're going to uncover massive amounts of fraud inside of Colorado. We're pretty close to it right now. Um, we found some pretty uh, daunting things, people that are registered to empty parking lots. And, and I know before that in Arizona, uh, during Liz Harris's uh, canvas, they explained it away by saying, oh, there was a mobile uh, home there previously. It was just uh, recently moved away. Uh, but these are empty parking. These are actual empty parking lots with no mailboxes or, no, or anything like that. Um, so seeing all of the information, all the fraud that exists in El Paso County, specifically Arapahoe County and some of the other counties across Colorado, I think that the secretary of state, Jana Griswold, you could tell by what happened in Mesa County, County obviously, that she's deathly afraid of the truth coming out. And we're going to continue to put pressure. But, but Seth, was there, was there indications of fraud before Maricopa? All right, sorry, I had to. I got cut off. I was trying to hit mute because I had a kid intrusion in the office, and I wound <laughs> up hitting hang up instead. See, this just makes your Telegram heroes even more real. All right, well there you go. So I think we were talking. We were talking about you know the the fraud that occurred not just in Maricopa County and the information you've had across the nation, but um, maybe I'll just since you disconnected, I'll just kind of re um, rephrase my question. Let's talk about in Maricopa County, the amount of fraud, like let's talk about what was in the fraud. I know we had a, a, a panel last night, so some people are going to be hearing this again, but talk about the 57,000 votes, the, you know, what I, I've been reading the different volumes and there's lots of fraud. It's massive. Tell us right. what I've had a few people call me up and be like, Hey, what happened in Maricopa County? People have got to watch the audit reveal and, and it's just two hours, but at some point in time, people have got to feed themselves. 
Um, because you still have, I still have people being like, my friends will never believe it unless we produce evidence. I don't know what you want. Like, I really don't know if you want me to go grab a fraudulent ballot and like ram it down your throat. Like, I don't know how much more you need to see, but the point is the auditors found 57,000 ballots over several different categories that can't be cast. These are people that voted in multiple counties. These are people that moved out before the election. These are, um, people that that voted twice in the county people that are dead like several different categories of fraud multiple categories of fraud they also found a 255,000 vote discrepancy between the final voter file and what's called the ev33 file so two different columns that don't reconcile themselves and then another column that i was not anticipating because it wasn't in the audit report itself at least the draft that i read is dr shiva's information which shows 17,000 duplicated mail ballots. And ironically, most of them came in there at the end and they were counted after election day. It's almost as if Trump's vote total was known and it had to be surpassed, which Trump's vote total is ridiculously high, ridiculously high. And then for it to be lapped in the same year. So there were, there were you know, over, over 900,000 new two-party votes in Arizona in one election cycle. So this is where it's, it doesn't make sense because Arizona, aside from the one county, is really not that big of a state. So you have, uh, you have these numbers. So you have, the, you have 70 plus thousand fraudulent ballots just based on, on the Cyber Ninjas report and Dr. Shiva's signature analysis. And that still cannot grasp the scope of what Liz Harris's canvas came up with because you can have a fraudulent registration in there where all the columns check out where you have unique names put in there, unique birth date, you know, and you, you very, you put these in there properly rather than everybody's name is Joe Smith and he's born on the same day and registered on the same day. Well, those are easier to find. So these well hidden registrations that are fraudulent ghost registrations, and this is not me making this up in Florida, they're finding a ton of ghost registrations in Florida and they have thousands of interviews conducted with defend Florida. That would be our friend Caroline Weatherington. So um, you can look at the voter rolls in Arizona. They were so bloated that it made the impression that the state was going to move to the left, just like Colorado. But Trump's vote registration gains, the Republican registration gains under Trump, blow away anything ever seen under Romney or McCain or Bush. So, and people want to say it's because Maricopa County is growing. Well, here's a newsflash. Maricopa County has grown by 700 to 900,000 people per decade since 1990. So you want to tell me that they didn't have the same opportunity every two to four years in a midterm or a general to register that amount of voters? You think they all register for Joe Biden? Well, and I think I think that the the increase in voters from 2016 to 2020 was near nearly a half a million, which was almost four times the number of voter increases they've seen over the last three election cycles. Am I right on that? I think yeah. it was I think it was way more than that. Trump gained over 400,000 votes statewide. Biden gained like half a million votes statewide. So um, now some of that was consolidation off a third party. But, yeah, there were probably I'd have to check the numbers, but there were way more than a half million new votes cast in Arizona. So how many fraudulent votes do you think were cast nationwide? Because you say you say it hits every state. If you had to throw a number at it, what do you think it would be? So my estimation in terms of directing people to Canvas counties is very light. So I'm giving Biden as much benefit of the doubt as possible. Hey, high turnout. Yes, we'll give you the Obama record gain or we'll give you all the third party votes from 2016. And when I do that and then I still take the excess, I have 8.1 million fraudulent ballots. So that would put him down around 73 million. But honestly, looking at other data that I found and other expert numbers, I would be shocked. And now here's the other thing. The Democrat trend has been Obama's peak at 69 million. And then you had Obama down under 66. Then you had Clinton at 66. 
And with Trump having so many votes gained and this bunch of Democrats turning into Republicans and reconsolidating Republicans, honestly, I'd be surprised if Biden was north of 65 million. So I think let there's you, maybe, maybe 15 to 20 million fake Biden votes out there. We have a friend well, of the I'm, show. His, his name is Daniel Funk. He's a fact checker at USA Today. And he says the number's off. So I've, I'm, I know you've seen it because everyone who's ever shared that 8.1 million number 8.1 million vote number on Facebook or anything, they get slapped like crazy by the fact checkers. What do the fact checkers get wrong when they say that that number is inaccurate? You call them a friend of the show? No, it's very loosely. No, I was, I was about to say, so this is a guy that much like the Associated Press reached out and expected me to take time off of my travel schedule and sit in a hotel for 10 hours and educate them on my methodology. And then when I refuse to do so, knowing that then some of these people literally come at you and say, we're, we're going to debunk your article tomorrow. They're not even investigating. They don't even try to pretend that they're investigating something because a legitimate journalist would say, hey, here's something that a former president of the United States just recognized. We should investigate this and present it to the public who can then decide you know, if this is something that has validity or not. And by the way, I have never had anybody at any of my events kick back and say this doesn't make any sense. And we have enough people that are frank, off-the-cuff kind of talkers that would straight up do that if your stuff didn't make any sense. So, um, but anyway, Daniel is a coward, like most of these people, who messaged me on social media and expected me to take time out of my schedule to educate him, which would take hours upon hours because every state has different behaviors and trends and population growth and, and registration values, right? So then he, he comes out and... He want to learn. He's not going right, at well, it from a legitimate position of, I want you to teach me. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. He made, a, he made an unforced error on Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago, which I, I'm a big fan of Twitter. I don't really use Twitter to produce any of my information anymore because it's suppressed, but I do trade barbs on Twitter. And that was worth a quote retweet when he was trying to cover up a mistake that he made. He tried to say, we're all human. We're all human. No, you're all a bunch of propagandists. And they're, they're that, embedded in the... Was that when he said yeah. Biden never checked his watch? I'm not sure if that was it or not, but he got roasted big t bigly. Bigly. <laughs> and it was bad. Um, uh, so I'm not impressed with any of these journalists, honestly. And it's, a, and it's an unfortunate thing because there are a few people that are legitimate independent journalists. Like Cheryl Atkinson comes to mind. But as far as you know, people that aren't well-known, there's a few mostly conservative independent type journalists that are out there. Project Veritas does important work. But the mainstream media is an embarrassment. Anybody that writes in mainstream media like that, especially in government and politics, needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror and consider if they're actually doing anything productive in life. Well, they're not. We we have. Uh, I've got my own fan club in Colorado and surrounding states on uh, things that I did. I, I've been uh, so far debunked for uh, standing up on the Coomer issue. But here's the one thing, Seth, that they haven't done. I got involved in uh, building a schematic for Dominion and going through the math of how the election was stolen back in December quite by accident. All I wanted to do was bring forward the information I had on Eric Coomer, what he actually said, but I got sued. So as soon as I got sued, I actually went to Max and I'm like, Max, watch this. I'm gonna grab all the information that we have on Dominion. I'm gonna build a model and I'm gonna tell you exactly how they stole the election. To this day, it's now been 11 months later, Dominion has never debunked or said a word about it. And no one has even tried to debunk my uh, diagram that I built that shows how the election fraud exists. So. It's, it's interesting that they try to stay away from certain parts of what you say. You'll have a couple of fact checkers that say, that, hey, that they want to debunk your numbers. 
but they're 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 staying away from you, Seth, because they know that they can't walk back any of the information that you're saying. They know that common sense, even if you were really stupid at math and you didn't even get past addition and subtraction, common sense would show you just based on what you're showing that the fraud is and the fix is in. And that's that's generally what I believe as well, because the numbers, there is a really good way to disprove me, and that's to conduct full forensic audits and canvassing of the counties I'm calling out. And for some reason, nobody really has an appetite to try and disprove me. Well, yeah, and no. we have the information Instead, from they Mesa just, County. They scream every time anyone wants to look. I'm actually much more fair than people think. I mean, we were we were having this call with the Florida Governor DeSantis's office yesterday, and I was like, look, Tallahassee, Leon County, the trend is clean. I wouldn't waste your political capital looking at it. Here's Alachua County, the um, home county of Gainesville, University of Florida. The trend isn't really too far off. You know, so there's other counties, especially the Republican strongholds, that are very obvious. So um, you can look at my maps. I have St. Louis City clean. I have Baltimore City clean. I have San Francisco moderate. I have Washington, D.C. clean. It doesn't mean there's no fraud. It means the trends match up to what are expected results. So, yes, I am potentially measuring fraud on top of existing fraud. But this should show you just how off the 2020 numbers are. And it makes sense. You have Donald Trump show up with 74 million votes, and somehow you go over that by 7 million. It's, uh, it's, like, it's like if you tried to, Joe, if you tried to randomly, you know, get a bunch of people that were taller than me in the door just at random. It's like you're not too likely to get that done. You know, so you're going right. to have to go outside and hope you find a bunch of people that are way up there. That's what Biden's total is. Well, and, and, and one, of the other, one of the things that I think that we're really poor at, and I'll just kind of say it and I blanket this and talk to people, is one, we don't stand together very often. One of the things that I think is scaring the radical left is that we're starting to stand together. We're starting to come together and actually compare notes and bring puzzle pieces to the table. Uh, but the, the other thing is, is that we have a short memory. We have a short memory. We have 5,000 plus affidavits that, that date back to November 3rd. We've got whistleblowers and people that have come forward. We have massive amounts of information and we need to start bringing that stuff forward with all the other information that we have in Maricopa and other places. You, you talk about these Democrat strongholds and the fact that there's, you know, you're, you're, you're measuring fraud against fraud. They only need to change the places that are Republican strongholds because that gives them that majority. So it, it would make sense that they leave those places alone because either the A, it is fraud on, or B, they didn't need that much of a gain in those particular environments because it didn't help them. So, so pushing out that math in those areas is not something that, that would help their cause of, of gaining a uh, stronghold with this radical agenda across the country. Yeah, I agree with that. And you can also look at some very funny stuff like all the boroughs of New York City. Donald Trump had more new votes than Joe Biden did in all five boroughs of New York City. But Atlanta, Metro Atlanta was just all about Joe Biden. We're talking about 40 plus percent gains in votes when Trump is way up in all the strongholds in the suburbs that blot out Atlanta generally. So as far as sticking together, that's one of the more discouraging things. And I've posted a couple times about that today is we have a bunch of we have a bunch of alpha type problem solvers on our side and they do not get along if there's not a fight to have so really weekends are the worst thing because people are kind of idle but what happens is we have a lot of good people that know better that are fighting our own. is that me or you that's no, joe that's me sorry okay. <laughs> so there's a switch on the side where you can make it not ring it's true um but are you still so, on the tech guy now? 
Hey, um, so we have, well, hey, you, you brought me to a church in Colorado Springs where the tech wasn't working right, Joe. You're trying to set me up. But um, so so what we have a lot of people that, that need to just stay focused, and they're good people. And this is the thing, like, I have a very difficult task of having to navigate everybody. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be dragged into the scuffles and fights because my job is to influence towards action, right? So if I come out and I condemn Group A, then group A's people, which is tens of thousands of people, are going to say, well, you know, I'm not going to work with anything he's got. But sometimes those are the folks with the audience. And sometimes group B are the people with the audience because it's all leader dependent. And we have these fights and people want to take one side or the other. You even have a fight about whether canvassing or full forensic audits is the right fight. Well, they both have a role. Now, if, you're, if your county is going to permit one or the other, then they need to be executed upon. Now, canvassing doesn't require legislation but we have to figure out a way to stop with the fighting and that also includes the high level influencers we're talking about the superstar influencers like nobody's perfect they get put on a pedestal and when they're wrong about something it doesn't mean that they've committed treason okay it means that they're human beings they're not always right so we have to get past this thing where we have a circular firing squad on our own side because now, right now you have a bunch of cackling hyenas in arizona that are laughing about, they're literally telling you, we're going to keep the election certified. I don't care how many tens of thousands of fraudulent votes there are. That is the enemy, not us. So all these different groups, I regret that there was a big split in a lot of the groups that are investigating this election because there's a dozen of them. There's two dozen groups that are either local or national groups that are about this election that they generally fight each other. And it's not good. It's not productive. So if you're watching, stop fighting. Yeah, and, and look, you're... you're Seth, I think we've had this conversation before. I'm constantly on the phone with people saying, hey, he didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. Now, I'm also the other guy that comes out and says, Karen Fan, you coming out and saying Biden won the election, nothing to see here as the Arizona Senate president, I thought was in bad taste and showed that the reason why she became the Senate Arizona Senate president is because she either had, I believe it was a dog and pony show. So I'm not going to attack any of the groups. I've been bringing those people together. But she had an obligation to look at that that the volumes of it. And one of the things that bothered me about the Maricopa audit was that they had to negotiate back and forth on what the draft looks like. So they were deleting information like, uh, like Joe Von Pulitzer's information. They were deleting information that would have been important to the American and they watered it down. Why? Because we're stupid. I mean, what was the reason behind the negotiation back and forth between cyber ninjas and Karen Fan specifically, or the Senate, why didn't they want the American public to see everything that came out of the audit? That's the part that bothered me. Well, so the Republican Party is half of the equation in who corrupted the election in Arizona. Now, of course, the Democrats have a hand in all of this stuff too, and other people that are auxiliary to this. Fox News had a big hand in the in the play on Arizona. I've described that at length, why it had to be Fox News that called Arizona. But with Karen Fan, look, she got a position as the Senate president for a reason. They don't just give those out to Joe Altman, right, who's going to run in there and raise hell. Right? The same thing in Texas. You Back when Texas was more conservative than it is today, you had 100-plus Republican seats in the House, so two-thirds-plus majority. But Joe Strauss is your Speaker of the House. Joe Strauss is a Democrat with an R next to his name. So um, I won't even give him the distinguishment of being called a rhino. So their distinction, pardon my grammar. So we have issues like that. So even in a, in a super Republican state, like I guarantee you could probably go to Idaho or Wyoming and find that they've compromised the key leader somehow to where it's a, a bunch of lions led by a rhino. So that's how they maintain 
their control over certain states so you don't have one run off the farm literally at some point in history literally it might run off the farm right so they compromised the people in these positions so so i'm sure that it was to be soft because the republican party particularly the board of supervisors in arizona had a strong play in destroying the election in maricopa county but also in pima county for the other counties in the state so you have to protect that and you don't want change and i think the goal was probably to make the audits flop so come out with something that took millions of dollars and months on end to finish and then it's like oh well you know there's a few ballots that they're, they're not folded right and um yeah we found 10 dead people that voted but do you really want to decertify this i mean we've been through enough as a country that kind of stuff but we haven't but it was bad still it was really bad really bad but the what they put on the outside of the store i think that's the part that bothers me the most the stuff that they put on the outside of the store shows that they had very little regard for the truth because the 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 executive summary you had to dig past the executive summary the one that was published just to get to the real details and those are damning details like the two-hour uh, hearing was amazing dr shiva did amazing uh, the you know uh, but pushing out uh, javon's uh, kinematics blows my mind the fact that they would not punch a four millimeter hole in the paper and test it to see if these are fraudulent ballots again why why not put it out there why not be transparent with the american people and it all comes back to the fact that we have a uniparty and we got people within both parties that are just destroying the trust with the american people what does occam's razor tell you about that Sometimes people ask me why. Well, it's very obvious, like because there was a plan to make sure that Donald Trump couldn't carry Arizona, and it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because the numbers for Trump absolutely bear, bear out at least a six point victory. Well, and I think that the the information that's coming out, we have to keep our our finger on the pulse. We have to continue to fight through this. And if we don't start talking about those these things and saying, "Hey, listen, I don't care what the mainstream media says. I don't care. They're compromised." As far as I'm concerned. You have a better chance of getting the truth, the, the truth out of a, 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 a homeless drug addict that sits on the street trying to sniff rocks off the off the curb than you do by getting any any uh, pertinent information or, or real information out of the mainstream media. I agree, and I think that it's important to note. And by the way, Trump is about two hundred thousand votes over what I expected him to have in Maricopa County. So that should show you what the turnout was. And in my model, where Trump was 200,000 votes lower than he had, I still had him edging out the state. So um, I think that in Arizona, there's a call to action here, and it needs to be singularly focused. Well, twofold. I think that um, Brnovich, the AG, needs to be pressured because he's wanting to run for Senate. He's going to need Trump's endorsement. So that needs to be encouraged. So the criminal charges need to happen for everybody it needs to happen for. And then second, regardless of what Doe Ducey says, there needs to be a vote for decertification. Whether that decertification happens or not, which is not a gimme because the Republicans only have, a, like I think, a one-seat majority in the House and the Senate. So I don't necessarily think politically it will get voted in favor of a decertification. But the vote must happen. Okay, the, the rats on the ship need to be exposed for who they are. I think we know who most of them are. But it's a 50-meter target. So people who are sitting here getting ahead of themselves, you know, and I know that there's a sense of urgency, but a lot of people's appetite for getting the 2020 election right hinges only on Donald Trump becoming president again. And I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment. But the point is, like, if we have to have a certain man to be president for us to be free, then we're not free. So we are going to find the truth of the 2020 election, no matter how long it takes us, no matter what the consequences are. Hey, this is ridiculous that in the, in, a, in the world superpower that we're dealing with this. It's unbelievable.
Well, and at the same time, I mean, I'll bring up something that's kind of a twist. At the same time, we're talking about the massive amount of fraud in the in, in the United States in the 2020 election and the, you know, how long has this been going on, that you have people in the United States that are now calling that the Russian election for Vladimir Putin was now illegitimate in some ways. And some of the same things we saw here in the U.S. were happening over in Russia. Almost like there's a worldwide plan of domination in place. Yeah, I think that's one of my fears. The only person can stand the gap and save that is going to be the American people and people like you. So, thank you. No, we're we are gonna we are going to because there there are so many people that are now awake, and and this includes people that voted for Trump twice that weren't awake. They were just asleep, you know, thinking that one man's gonna save everything. We're all Trump. Like we're all people that are in the Alamo. Okay, and there's hundred plus million of us awake patriots out there. So we have, we will, absolutely, because there's a lot of us. You know, Sam Adams had a quote about that. It doesn't take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate minority hell-bent on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. So as long as that fire never dies out, like they can turn every seat in this country blue, every state in this country blue, it doesn't make you any less free. So that's why, like, the 2020 election has actually helped me in a way, because I no longer look on resentment with Colorado and California, because I know it's probably not the will of the voters there. So um, in Texas, the same way. They can do whatever they want in this state. It doesn't erode the rights of free people. Well, it doesn't erode the rights of free people until they start to erode the rights of free people by using corporate influence and them as a proxy to steal your constitutional rights. Um, as they've done in the mainstream media and in big tech. So I think that I think that to a certain, I would agree with you, but I think that we're going to have to become uh, more sophisticated in how we fight against it by boycott, boycotting, doing things that I think represent um, getting away from and stopping the, stop the strengthening of these of these big tech companies, which frankly are um, they, they are they're doing a lot to not take opportunity from you and I. They're taking it. From our kids, grandkids, and future generations, I think that's my biggest fear. Yeah, hundred percent agree. What do you think about that, Max? No, yeah, no. It's uh, I mean, I, I got to see your your son. I know you got to go in a little bit, but I got to see your son. I'm fighting for my son. We're all fighting for the next generation, and it's uh, I mean, <laughs> I, we were talking about this earlier um, with Jovan earlier today. It's been like like a matrix, red pill, blue pill moment. Once you take the red pill, you're you're not going back into the matrix. You're not going to just put the blinders back on and go about your daily life and just accept the falsehoods that are being fed to you. Once you recognize that these elections are being stolen, once you recognize that people have quite literally amassed fortunes, right? I mean, <laughs> if if all of these fears and theories are correct, there's a lot of rich people out there. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, her family, just think about how much money the Pelosi family has gotten off of just politics. You look at these establishment politicians, they all became rich after they entered office. So that's not even to mention all the bankrollers who are, who are backing them, right? So once you take the red pill and you, and you realize just how deep this goes. Well, look at all the pretenders. Yeah, so this, it's not just the seasoned political veterans that are corrupted like that. Look at all the newcomers. Look at Nancy Mace in South Carolina. Literally had to ride the coattails of Donald Trump in the low country of South Carolina. And, and before he even left the White House, she was already a backstabber within days of being sworn in. Yeah. And then, of course, you have another one. So there's a lot of people that run under military veteran pretenses of being a hero, right? And you'd be talking about Dan Crenshaw. 
Dan Crenshaw. Oh, is no. He is deliberately obtuse. So he got in a Joe's fight favorite. with the wrong guy. He got in a fight with the wrong guy um, in Illinois. And that would be Bobby Python. Bobby Python's another rapid thinking man. Like his mind is just like a, a light bulb, okay? And Dan Crenshaw was talking about vote fraud, election fraud. And he said, well, you know, Biden won fair and square. And even if Trump won Arizona, then he'd still need five more states. Well, here's a newsflash. If Trump won Arizona, he'd need two more. One of them's a slam dunk in Georgia, and the other one's actually a slam dunk, too, Pennsylvania and Michigan. Those are easy Trump states. They're probably more red than Georgia is. So you have those states that are all on a line for Trump, and then he even conceded that, yeah, there was fraud and probably lots of it. Well, Dan, does that include 10,457 votes in Maricopa County? Is that a lot of fraud to you? Or 12,646 in Georgia? So they know. The thing is they know that the election was what it was. And they're like World Wrestling Federation level fakery going on here. And I say that as an old school 80s and 90s wrestling fan. Like they know this is going on. So this is like the announcer sitting there talking about it like it's serious. Like here's Brett the Hitman Hardy's got him in the corner and he's about to go for the sharpshooter, right? So they know it's, what the election was and they still play it on the field like it's, hey, this is normal. It's normal for a guy who has zero enthusiasm and zero primary support to get 81 million votes when the other guy has a massive pile of votes. It's the same deal. It's the same deal with the Hunter Biden laptop. The silence is noticeable. You can tell who probably has a similar scheme going on with their family members based on who just goes about, oh, no, the Hunter Biden laptop. That's not a real story. That's not a real story. All these people have very real skeletons. They've all been gaming the system for decades. And every time the story comes out, whether it's voter fraud or Hunter Biden laptop or any of these other things that implicate individuals in huge, huge crimes, they're not just staying quiet because they want a certain political outcome. They're not just staying quiet because they don't care about politics, like in the in the establishment Republican wing. They're staying quiet because they all are are skimming off the top. They all have family members who are dealing mm. under their names. And the last thing they want is to bring all that criticism down on them. So, no, we have a lot to fix. Yeah, 100%. And by the way, I'm, I'm getting texted here on the side by uh, Allie Lang. Uh, who commented on uh, the tech difficulties in Colorado Springs, and she's got a meme of putting a box over her head when I mentioned that on the show. So she did a great job setting everything up. So my Colorado Springs tech (laughs) stuff was more of a jab at Joe. Um, And I think she knows that. She's laughing. Whenever you get the smiley emoji, like... Whenever you get the smiley emoji, you know that all is good and it was funny. But sometimes you get these people that don't use emojis or stuff, and you never know. But... Um, I 100% am on board with you, and people need to need to think about hitting the ball where it's going to be when it crosses the plate rather than seeing it 10 feet out where they think it's going to go. I'm telling you, Maricopa is out of the bag. So now my narrative is no longer if Maricopa shows fraud. We know what it showed, and so does everyone else. So I would be absolutely shocked if the crooks in Pennsylvania and Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Georgia, Nevada have not already destroyed evidence cooked books made sure right so we are going to have to be smarter than they are and i think that canvassing takes a huge role in this and it needs to be done when people still remember everything about how they voted in 2020 so uh there are no guarantees how this shapes out so people need to abandon these crazy back channel of the internet narratives about some magic pill that's going to happen and they need to get busy really, I mean, this is unprecedented. The reason we don't know how this all unfolds is because we've never experienced this before. But everything that was once unprecedented in history 
It's now well, it's now precedented. So it's happened. Everything was once unprecedented. So so before we wrap up, you mentioned that lots of these states probably have already destroyed ballots. I mean, we were blowing the whistle the day after the election because they were destroying ballots in Pennsylvania. I believe it was Bucks County that they were finding ballots just shredded in um, in just trash cans. If you had a magic wand and you got to decide where the next audit happens, because you say, obviously, Maricopa, that audit is in the books. Where would you go next? Would you go somewhere like Pennsylvania or Michigan or would you go to to, to friendlier seas? Would you go somewhere that would be off the wall that no one even think of? I mean, maybe Texas where you have a more likelihood of of having like-minded people or do you go somewhere like Wyoming or the Dakotas? If you believe that fraud is happening everywhere, do we go for the home run or do we start laying down sacrifice bunts and and trying to hit a little bloop single? And what well, I call I call that I call that term that you're talking about I call it a first pitch curveball. So you got a fastball you got a fastball hitter sitting in there dead red looking for a first pitch fastball down the middle pitcher's trying to get a strike over boom. But you throw that hitter who you know he's looking for a fastball you flip him that first pitch curveball in there for a strike and he's going to take it. Okay, now you're hitting the count. So likewise, we do have some stuff, some torpedoes in the water. I don't know how wise it would be to blurt out where they are right now. But we have some of those backdoor curveballs that are in the works in a number of states that are solidly yeah. decided one way or the other. However, if you're in any of the, the contested states, I would go for Pima County in Arizona. I would go for, obviously, Clark County in Nevada, but you might think Washoe County, Reno. Cherokee County in Georgia. Macomb County in Michigan is the, maybe the grossest county in the entire country with part of the size of the vote. Macomb County in Michigan. Um, St. Croix County in Wisconsin and york county in pennsylvania so if you were to go in wright county in minnesota if you were to go after those counties you would find such gross fraud that it would probably propel the rest of the population to go ahead okay we need to dump out minneapolis we need to dump out milwaukee we need to dump philly like that that's the way that this needs to be handled because people are going to protect they're going to protect philly and detroit at all costs so when rudy's out there saying detroit and philly are the world capital of election fraud well he's probably not wrong but trump's numbers were so large outside of those bubbles that there was not enough paper in the state to overtake trump's lead unless they skimmed the margins off the bottom of these red counties so you have literally i have an idea that in michigan up in northern michigan and out in the outskirts of pennsylvania that the republican numbers for trump were probably like you see in the texas panhandle or in wyoming where you're literally looking at counties that are 88 to 10 that kind of stuff and instead they come in 70 72 to 27 and stuff like that so they get skimmed yeah well well seth we kept you overtime and i and i appreciate that um any any final questions joe before we let him go no, we have some we have some uh, things that are going to be breaking over the next couple of days related to the math. Uh, we think that we're, we're really close on just breaking through on what the uh, the the multivariant was for how the election was stolen across the country. So it'll be interesting to get your your take on that again, Seth, in the future. So um, I look forward to seeing you again. I know you're down in San Antonio uh, next month for Clay Clark's. Um, uh, reawaken america you're there right are you there in, are you in san antonio in November? that is the plan that is the plan i don't know how he liked my entrance music on the last event but if as long as i'm still good that I, I plan to be there i think it'd be great 
But um, look, I, uh, I just appreciate everything that you've done and you continue to do. And I know that I will see you somewhere uh, across the nation before San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. We need to do our RV tour here pretty soon. Yeah, let's have a conversation about that. I think it'll be really fun. Either that or we'll just buy an airplane. We can do well, good. Well, it better be wanting some leg room for me and you, right? So uh, I appreciate you guys <laughs> for an NBA forward. Uh, I uh, I appreciate the uh, the interview. It was a good time talking with you guys. All right. All right. Thanks, Seth. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. So, Joe, we got to give away some tickets. We were going to yeah, we do earlier. have to give away we got to give away tickets. So, our number eight 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 four four one eight 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 four four one 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 two one. First ten people. First ten people. Is that is that fine? First ten people call in. Well, I mean, first um, ten people get free tickets. Five. So, if you want to take your oh yeah 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 sorry. Right. So yeah, let's say let's yeah. say the minimum we'll give you is two tickets. So we'll say the first five people will give you a couple tickets. Um, I think that's probably the best way to handle it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to forget the significant other. So eight 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 four four one 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 two one. Not going to put you on the air, but as you call in, the producers will take your name and your email address, and then they will um, they'll get you those tickets for tomorrow. And do we have the the image to put up on the screen so people can see what we're what we're giving away? This is tomorrow. At the Holiday Theater in Denver, Colorado, two six four four West Thirty Second Ave. Starts at six p.m. Six p.m. Scott McKay and guests. What's this, what's this? It's the Street Brawlers. What's the official name, Joe? Well, this um, it's uh, Street Fighter. Patriot Street Fighter. Patriot Street Fighter. Patriot Street Fighter. And Joe will be. I the thought guest. that you were. I thought when this first came across, I thought you were going to box Eric Coomer. I thought that's what this was. I hey, see Street hey, Fighter. I see you're on the, on the list. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> We're going to burn down the phone lines if we tell people they're getting free tickets to that. Um, 888-441-1121. First five people at least um, who call in get tickets to this event tomorrow. So, yeah, we got we got a lot of work to do, Joe. There's a, there's a lot that needs fixing. It's uh, – I mean, it's demoralizing to see that Maricopa County got watered down. It's uplifting well, to see the things they did find. It, uh, it's uplifting listen, to see the things they did find. But right, listen, we're we're, we're facing a headwind everywhere we go. It didn't get. It did not get watered down as it pertains to the volumes of information. It got watered down as to the executive summary, and that's what the mainstream media used in order to discredit the things that were happening in Maricopa County. Once you get into the volumes. You heard yesterday, you heard today, it's impossible to look at it and go, there's nothing to see here. And that's, I think, the biggest thing to take away from this is that you know that the fraud was massive. You know that they cheated inside of the election machines. The machines themselves were compromised. The machines themselves were used as a tool to strip the American people of their vote and of their voice. And, and that's, the, that's the takeaway. And I was going to ask Seth that question. I was going to be like, hey, Seth. What's, what's the next step? And I think that he would agree that we have to eradicate these voting machines um, and these companies that are owned by hedge funds and other people. But the more time that goes by, the more information we get. But we're going to start bringing back in the old information and then start hammering people over the head with it to make sure that they understand that this is what's happening. Uh, so, again, our number 888-441-1121, Mr. Producer. We got 
Oh, so so he just messaged me. So two tickets are gone so far. We got two more well, on two hold. People, two, no, two people. Two people have them, and two are on hold. So we have four tickets that okay. are gone. We have six left. So, Mr. Producers, come on. How many tickets so far have been allocated? Four He's tickets. He's on the phone lines. Okay. So, four, four, tickets. four tickets so yeah, far. And he has two, and four tickets two, so more, far. two more sets of people. Yeah. We got to get some more call waiting. Something I've noticed is that people call in and they, they get the message. So, we got to figure out to have some more call waiting. I know that's not a you thing, Joe. Last uh, night, last night, we had a quarter million people that watched the show last night. We've, it's approaching somewhere around 150 to 200,000 downloads in a 24 hour period on the Apple podcast area. So, you know, look, we're, we're, we can't help but build the technology as we go, but we weren't expecting that, you know, we'd hit four or five, six, seven, ten million 10 million uh, people that watch it in a given month. I didn't think we'd be that popular by right now. So technology, yeah. just blame it on me. And we also, in September, had our best month ever of audio downloads, better than even right after the election, which is great because right after the election is when we, we shot right up, right before we got shadow banned. Um, so we are climbing even more there. So everyone, if you haven't yeah. already, make sure you subscribe to the audio version as well. All those links are in the description. I won't bore you and read them all out. I'll do that later. <laughs> hey, so, so, so there's Yeah, so the, there there is the uh, part where we start looking at, um, you know, the the advertising clicks because that's why that's why we decided to tell on Eric Coomer for being a bad guy. Yeah, we funny. told on him before we had any advertisers. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have advertisers for the months. We didn't have. We weren't even. Yeah. This was a hobby for us uh, mostly since since March, and it wasn't something we were really doing to other than pass the time during COVID and and uh, you know try to give some people some encouragement. So yeah, well speaking of this, while while we're giving the producers some time to do this, if you can go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer, um, our fax blast today is really important. It's one of those things that isn't super sexy. It's not going to get in the media. Um, they're not going to devote a lot of segments to it. Um, this is the bill is HR four, three, five, zero. It passed in the house on Friday, a couple days ago. It will not, it will have to have a vote again. This is the NDAA. There's 12 spending bills that have to get passed every year to avoid a government shutdown. This is one of them. NDN, NDAA, the national defense authorization act. Basically, this is the bill that keeps the military up and running. And if you go to page 297 of this bill, it's called Restriction on Access to Firearms. And I'm going to go ahead and read that, if that's okay, just so people can understand what we're dealing with here. Basically, they're trying to throw a red flag law for the military so that the military, military can take personnel. away their guns. Yep, military personnel. Military so personnel here it is. And military personnel. Here it is. Notwithstanding any other provision of law, a military court protective order issued on an ex parte basis shall restrain a person from possessing, receiving, or otherwise accessing a firearm. And a military court protective order issued after the person to be subject to the order has received notice and opportunity to be heard on order shall restrain such person from possessing, receiving, or otherwise accessing a firearm in accordance with Section 922 of Title 18. What they're trying to do. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This they are is creating, basically taking away. Cre oh, 
Go ahead. No, they're taking away. They're having people serve their country, put themselves in harm's way, being willing to make the ultimate sacrifice of dying for to protect people in this nation. And then right afterwards, they can come in or while they're serving, come in and say, you're not allowed to have a firearm. We're going to strip you of your Second Amendment, which, by the way, in the military, you're somewhat stripped of your First Amendment right to speak freely. And now they're taking away the Second Amendment right. This is unbelievable. This is the most disgusting, agreeing that anyone in Congress, these pieces of trash in Congress could possibly push against the, uh, the military personnel and those that have served. So just to explain it, ex parte quite literally means only one side. So when you have an ex parte hearing, you have the prosecutor and you have the judge there arguing the case and the defendant or the accused is not even allowed to be there, doesn't even know it's happening. So you're talking about military prosecutors going to a military judge saying that they think someone is dangerous. They don't have evidence to prove he's dangerous. They don't have any evidence, enough evidence to charge him, but we want to take away his guns anyway. Joe, I'll tell you, I don't know what the Democrats are planning, but it is very obvious that whatever they're planning, they do not want soldiers and veterans to be able to access private weaponry. We've seen it up and down this entire administration, right? Remember when they took the Trump supporters out of the National Guard duty at the inauguration? Can't have that. They've been spending eight months trying to root out conservatives, calling them white supremacists. Can't have that. They're, they're mandating the vaccine. And the Biden administration said last week that they were refusing to take a dishonorable discharge off the table, meaning that if you refuse the vaccine and they get pissed off at you enough, they want to have the authority to dishonorably discharge you, which is the equivalent of getting a felony when it comes to firearm rights. You lose your gun rights for the rest of your life if you're dishonorably discharged from the military. And now they're talking about this ex parte red flag restraining orders on military personnel without them even knowing about it, taking away their constitutional rights. I don't, again, I don't know what they're planning, but it is painfully obvious that they do not want the military to be armed when they do it. And I, I, listen, this is right out of the tyrant's playbook. You purge the military of the people who don't support you and you take away their right to fight back. So this is terrible. It's our fax blast of the day. So make sure you join that fax blast. Listen, these men and women, our our military is an all-volunteer force. They put on that uniform and they volunteer. They took the oath of office voluntarily. They, They swore to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. They are literally fighting to defend your rights. And right now their rights are under attack. So who's going to defend them? It has to be you guys. So join our fax blast. The link is in the description. And if you don't already get our fax blasts, you can sign up for our email newsletter. That link is also in the description and you'll get them in your inbox every day. But this is important. These uh, the, these people are patriots and it is not a coincidence that for eight straight months, Biden has attempted to disarm them and kick them all out. You know, it just amazes me how much we're dealing with, Max. It's just it's one thing after another, after another, after another. And I do want to give everyone a little bit of hope. There's a lot of people that are waking up and there are a lot of good things that are happening. We're recognizing and calling out and we're going to start calling them by name. All of the radical leftists that are out there that are standing in positions of power and authority who are abusing that power and authority and abusing the people within their community. I want to remind everyone this one thing, what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. So when they come out and they persecute and come after someone in our community, like what they've done to the January 6th uh, protesters, they are not insurrectionists. They lied. It's coming out now that the FBI is the one that breached those halls of Congress first. 
They created the chaos that exists there. The police participated in it. They wanted a narrative and they wanted to use that narrative to create a coup on the American people. They're not insurrectionists. These are people that wanted to redress their grievances against the government for massive, massive, massive fraud. That's what they are. They're all just a bunch of frauds. Yeah. And so we have an obligation yeah. to each other. We have an obligation to other Americans, those that have fought and died and then fought and been hurt or fought and not died in this country, preserving your right to have freedom. We must stand up. We must do everything we can to preserve everything that our country stands for going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, all the tickets are gone. All the tickets are gone. So congratulations to everyone who got their tickets. Uh, that event is tomorrow night. If we want to put that image back up to anyone who still wants to go, you can get tickets. Um, where are they selling the tickets? The tickets are $75 to get in. Uh, if you want the gold circle pass, I don't know what that means, but it sounds fancy. That's $150. Oh, they get an extra hour. Yeah. Oh, you get to rub shoulders. Okay. All right. So it's tomorrow, yeah. September 29th. Um, at 6 p.m. at the Holiday Theater in Denver, Colorado. Um, I will see you there. Yeah, you won't see me there, but you'll see other people there. I'll see everybody else. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll see you guys when you're in San, in San Antonio for that event. That should be fun. That should be a lot of fun. So, Joe, any final words before we wrap up? No, I'll leave. I'll leave it to you. I'll leave you. Uh, give you the last word. Well, I mean, the last word is what I just talked about with that that. The well, NBA. We got we're going to be focusing. On, well, we, we got, got t-shirts. Yeah, we got yeah. t-shirts. Come on, man! You got to tell everybody about the t-shirts. All right, all right. we got t-shirts. Not it. <laughs> Show us the t-shirt. Come um, so on. T-shirt. T-shirt of the day. If we go ahead and put up my screen, t-shirt of the day is the conservative daily just logo t-shirt. I really like this one. If we put up my screen, I like it because it really does remind me of the Trump shirt. Uh, but we got tons of different t-shirts, and we have tons on the way that are in the process, uh, they're already designed just in the process of just crossing the T's, dotting the I's. And I did check though, Joe, on the Buck Fiden, it is trademarked, yeah. but only with a very specific font. So we can we can run oh, it. Really? Yeah, it's trademarked right. with, and, and they actually, they're not claiming to own the right to that phrase everywhere. They've trademarked a very specific font. Um, so that's good news for us. And I also have seen like hundreds of places selling those t-shirts um but yeah so we have a lot on the way so make sure you stay tuned for that and yeah just go check out all the different t-shirts we got stickers we got mugs we got tumblers so you check it all out conservative store store.conservative-daily.com also sometimes known as joe's depot yeah i love joe's depot <laughs> i think it's only called software. joe's depot it's only called Joe's, Joe's Depot in one place, and that's if you go to conservative-daily.com, you'll see it called Joe's Depot in the menu bar. And it's not called that anywhere else. <laughs> well, it needs to be called that everywhere else because that's what we agreed to call it. Yeah. I, I didn't design it. I didn't design it. I didn't design it. I'm, I'm going to make Max's Depot, and we're, and we're going to sell T-shirts at Max's Depot, and we're going to see which one nice sells more T-shirts. <laughs> we know mine will sell more t-shirts because I'll turn yours off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Um, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition of the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great locations. But if you can, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts and help us climb up in those rankings. And if you haven't already, do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's what we need to climb up those rankings. We go live 11 a.m. 
Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you're still used to us in that old time slot, that's why you're not finding us. We are in the mornings and the evenings. And if you want a, a heads up, you can text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You'll get a text in your inbox right before we go live with all the links on where you can find us for that day. Um, so if you haven't already, do use the, uh, the text alert system. It's, it's, it's great, and it, it, it bypasses the social media censorship. So yeah, use that. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oldman. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.